Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time to talk Sabres hockey. Let's get the inside story. Here's Sabres head coach Don Granado. The Don Granado Show is being brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. By Losi and Ganji, workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. By Roy's Plumbing, just call Roy's today. We'll take the worry away. And by Town Ford. When you think Ford, think of Town Ford. Now with head coach Don Granado, here's Jeremy White and Joe DiBiase. Sabres head coach Don Granado joining us on the Western Hotline as we Get things rolling on this sunny Tuesday. Joe's not in today. Sal is in with me, Jeremy White, Josh Schmidt producing. And uh, we say good morning to Sabres head coach Don Granado. Don, good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Sal. Uh, and Jeremy. I good morning. Good to talk to you. Th- th- thank you. Good to talk to you, Don. I wanted to, I wanted to start with um, something you talked about after yesterday's game. We can get to, to the game and, and a lot of stuff. Uh, but the first thing I wanted to get to was you, you had a big, you had a long answer about the scoring is, is going to come back. And what you the context of that was that you, you as an organization coach gm play you would have targeted specific things to get better at and some of those things that you've targeted you have indeed you feel like you are getting better at and the belief is that the scoring will come back and i guess i just wonder if if what i can take that to mean is that these growing pains in terms of results are going to, in your mind, they're going to pay off. Like there is, there's a payoff at the end of what you guys are going through right now. There is no hesitation in me saying that yes, that is that is going to happen. Um, you know, I, I also mentioned I felt. I mean, we and, and here's we generated. If we didn't generate the number of scoring chances and the quality of them yesterday, um, you know, and you, and you don't do that, and you don't get quality chances. Uh, I would feel differently, um, but we are we are getting enough quality. We had uh, we had more than enough quality to win that hockey game last night. Um, you know, we talk about out. I've mentioned many times you have to outscore your mistakes. Everybody does. In the process, you you work to minimize your mistakes. So so don't you know that we shouldn't confuse that. I say you have to outscore your mistakes with it's okay to make mistakes and we're comfortable making lots of mistakes. We're not. We're we're shortening that. And, and yesterday was an unbelievable example of we made very few mistakes. Um, you know, the, 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 the other team obviously made, made many, many more mistakes than ours. We just didn't make them pay for it. Um, and that was, that was the difference in the outcome. But, yeah, if we weren't generating the chances, 
uh, you're with the guys each and every day. You you talk to them. You see their their psyche. They're 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 a little bit tight and, uh, when it comes to scoring, um, but have a better sense of objective in other areas. And um, and that's you know, unfortunately, the scoring has has caught us at times. Um, you know, it was it was okay the other night in Minnesota where it was a tight checking game and we scored to late to tie it and then to win it in overtime. Um, but last night was not the case. When it comes to the, these things you've targeted, this team defense, number of scoring chances, giving up odd man rushes, like what are some of the things that as fans are trying to see a difference between maybe last year and this year? And, of course, the, the results in the standings um, nobody's happy about. But what things are you seeing that are different that you feel like you can, you can hang your hat on going forward? Well, I, you know, I think Upi had, a, had a, a couple goals that I'm sure he would want back last night. Um, and, but his expectation and, and his belief and, 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 uh, and our belief that he is moving into that number one goaltender category, uh, there's reason for that, uh, because of, you know, his, his work over the last few months, his, prog- his progress really over the last few months, his work's always been there, but his progress. Um, so that's one huge sign. Uh, another big sign is it, we were, you know, we've been without two of our top three defensemen uh, as far as, as minutes and performance are Samuelson and, and Owen Power uh, the last few games. That's that's more than 50 minutes of the game. I mean, they're, they're, they play about 25 apiece or, or somewhere about that. So you, you're missing two of your top three D for 50 minutes. You, 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 I think everybody knows last year when we missed just Samuelson, uh, we went on an eight-game skid, and it was a tough to replace just Matias a year ago. Um, so the the defensive group has come a long way um, to the point that they can stabilize us from you know giving up um, you know what we gave up last year as far as chances against and 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 again that's this has all helped uh, um, you know Upi become better and and more confident and comfortable with the consistency that he's seen back there. So that's just one example, but there are many others. On on Lukanen, you know, as we've talked about the goalies coming into the season, you mentioned, you know, all three were relatively inexperienced. You're trying to find out about them. Without putting a magic number on it, at what point do you feel like you can comfortably say about any goaltender in the NHL, well, this is who they are? I mean, Lukanen has shown for two months plus now to be not just a number one, but he's been a high-end number one in the last six weeks, eight weeks. How many games under a belt of a goaltender before you feel like you can comfortably get a good idea of what they are, what what, what they have grown into, where you stop saying they're inexperienced and you say, well, this is who he is? Yeah, I think I think Oopie's approaching that. I think, Devin, you know, there's going to be some time before that's the case, but Oopie's approaching it as he sees and feels the game. You can see how he feels the game now. He's not rattled or overexcited or nervous. It's, uh, you know, he's he just got a he's got a better feel for things. You can see a more mature goaltender. Um, you know, on the other end of that question, just look at Stanley Cup winning goalies. Um, you know, this is a hard business on goalies. Not too many of those guys stay with their team even after they win a cup. <laughs> And you, you see him, you know, sprinkle around the league, whether that's Matt Murray or Mark andre Fleury or um, uh, Darcy Kempfer with Colorado. It just seems they, they – this is a hard business on goaltenders. Uh, so what we've uh, – you know, what we've been challenged with is to, to really 
um, have two young guys in Levi and, and UPL. UPL needed waivers this year, so there was no way we were going to send him down, yet he hadn't proven he was a number one. So we were, we were in that situation, uh, and we really believe that uh, Devin Levi bringing another young guy in for UPI to see and, and have in a peer group, really that, that competition, peer competition between the two of them, I think catapulted UPI uh, quite a bit this year. I think, you know, prior to this year, he's looking at his mentorship and Craig Anderson and thinking, uh, you know, that even at the subconscious level that, man, I'm years away. You know, this guy's a 20-year vet. You know, I'll way off in the distance, I'll become a number one. And I think when Devin Levi stepped in here at the end of last year, we played him late in the year and we played him early in the year for, for a big part of it was to give Devin some experience, but also get that competition going between two young guys and get them to be aware that one of you two um, in the hopes is both of you are going to seize this opportunity. And I think Oopi really, really stepped up from that point. Don, I want to go back to scoring chances you brought up. It's interesting. You guys are, you're getting shots on goal. You're eighth in the league in total shots, but 27th in shooting percentage. You go to games and you always hear the people shoot, shoot, right? People yell it. And I think I was probably one of those people one of the times, but you know, back in the day, but now there's more, there's more education about what's a good chance. What's not a good chance or a good um, decision. I should say, can you kind of walk us through how you have that balance and how you teach that balance, knowing what a good shot is, what a bad shot is and how the team has to kind of work through and navigate that throughout the game. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Uh, you know, it's it's team to team. Some teams are way stingier than others defensively, so you actually need a shot to loosen their coverage, even if it's not a great shot. Uh, you know, for instance, man on man coverage. You know, if everybody has their man, uh, and and when you release a puck, if you pass it, the guy's covered. It's it's man on man. If you release a puck to the net, even though it it might, you might not score on it, uh, you're going to break every man on the defensive team has to break their coverage, turn around, and look for the puck. So. Um, so there's different scenarios where you want to shoot. I think uh, we've had guys, you know, we talk a lot. and There's been a lot of talk. We need more guys in front. But I, what's really missed in that is is you, you need guys in front. Absolutely. Uh, but the timing of it, the perimeter play, if you look at events before goals are scored, there's, there's time on the perimeter. And then penetration of the inside is timed with the shot. Uh, and that's really important. Um, and that's something that, you know, when you have, when you're feeling good, all of this stuff just works. Um, and, you know, and, and that's happened with us night tonight, uh, but night tonight, less consistent than a year ago. And we have guys that had career years, their, their absolute best years, uh, last year, multiple guys on our team. And now, you know, they feel like every missed shot from the start of the year is, Oh my God, I'm not going to get what I got last year. Uh, do I settle? Do I for, for one last do I, and, and, and you can see the psych, the psyche of it or the psychology of it affecting them uh, to the point they're a little bit tighter. So, um, you know, I think all that's happened and happening and, and uh, I think guys will grow through it, but in the process, again, we're, we're there's other things are getting better at, which is really, it really important. Is, is that the difference from last year? Because you're actually on pace for more shots this year overall by volume, but you've gone from sixth in percentage to 27th this year. Is it mostly getting guys in front of the net and, or is there just a lot of puck luck involved? Like what, what's the explanation from going from 11 to 9.2 basically in shooting percentage? Is that as easy as that? Just finishing. I mean, just look at the chances last night, Uh, you know, Greenway breakaway goes through the five hole misses. Taja breakaway, Taja five seconds or eight seconds later, 
point blank in the slot missed. J.J. Paterka point blank in the slot missed. Uh, J.J. had partial breakaway missed. So those are – I mentioned those because they're all quality. They're, they're not – I mean, they got all the way to the point where, okay, it's the shooter against the goaltender. Uh, so the process all the way up to that point worked, uh, but the finish didn't last night uh, as an example. Sabres head coach Don Granato joining us on the Wester Hotline. Don, as we talk about Tage, you know, someone posted maybe a couple days ago some of his highlights from last year, a lot of the stick handling and, and walking through entire defenses. And, you know, there's some parts of his game that appear to be right where they should be. Then there are other parts that might be missing. His, he's one whose shooting percentage is down 5%. So I think about the shooting percentage for Tage, but I also think about the way that he used to carry the puck last year. And is that something that is gone? Is that something that, that should come back? Is it because of the way teams are playing against your group? How, how do you get, how do you unlock the version of Tage that we all saw last year. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, I, I don't mean this to say he, he's down on confidence, but I think it's a confidence, uh, you know, a confidence issue with maybe frustration that he ca- carries forward as a really highly, highly competitive guy. Um, you know, I think when you watch those clips uh, of highlights of Tage, um, it's, it's probably noticeable in all of those if you, if you rewatch them that there's somebody driving the defender back or preoccupying the defender, uh, which makes it easier for Tage to then exploit or skill to exploit at that point. Um, but there's, there's, you know, everything I said prior is, is part of, I think with Tage, he's, he's, he puts a tremendous amount of pressure on himself. He has extremely high expectation of himself. That's why he had such an incredible year last year and last couple of years after previous years of major adversity. Uh, and, and I think this is a new, new territory for him, uh, new expectations for him within himself and, and even outside expectations. I think he's, he's, he's dealt with all of that as, as all star players and, and blooming star players do. Um, and again, I, I, I truly believe, well, he will, he'll come out the, the other side of this uh, even better. Um, and, and, the, you know, the hope is obviously the intent is to shorten that. Sabres head coach Don Granado joining us on the Western Hotline. Don, when it comes to expectations and pressure, I mean, like, you know how it works. When you when you took over, it was trying to dig a team out of a pretty deep hole. And this year is a, is a much different year. It's about expectations, and fans have their level of expectations. And I wonder your thought your thoughts on where things are with expectations right now. Like, what should fans' expectations be? Because it's been a year where – Kevin Adams at the beginning of the year said the Stanley Cup window is open and to be so far out of the playoffs, you know, people are kind of recalibrating. So if your message to the if you're sending a message to the fans, what should their expectation be from this team going forward? Well, my expectation is each and every night, you know, you have a game and 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 you're you're putting a strategy, a game plan together to win. Uh it's compete, it's playing as a group of 5. Um absolutely want passion, emotion, energy. Um, and that's been something that's been, been in and out, I think, due to, due to some pressure and guys thinking, you know, again, at a different level of expectation. Um, and they sometimes expect it to be perfect, to get frustrated very quickly, and then things get complicated. Um, but, you know, I guess if I'm thinking, you're asking me a question I haven't, you know, I don't sit every day and think about uh, an answer to that. And, and, and I think, you know, if I think about the fans, um, 
you know, part of the excitement and, and passion, love for me uh, is being here is the fans. Um, I was, you know, first um, here as a scout with the Toronto Maple Leafs. This was one of my primary teams to cover, and I'd come in quite often, and I'd stay. Uh, no scout stays till the end of the game. They usually get out of the parking lot with about three minutes left. Uh, I can remember staying here to the end of the game because this building was just electric. Um, so for me, you know, I know that the fan base is extremely passionate. Um, and when you have that, there's obviously until you win and, and, and win, you know, uh, you know, championships and playoff performance, um, there's, there's things that there's lots of things that'll be frustrating. Um, and the only thing I can tell you is, is, um, you know, when I think of fans, they're in my mind because we want to make them proud. Um, but I do believe we're in the process of doing that. And, um, you know, we demand the guys to work hard every day, and I think they care and do that. To, to that point, there, there was a story Mike Harrington in the Buffalo News had about how the players felt about boos from time to time. There was a chant in the arena. Not like the entire arena is thundering with the words, but Fire Donnie came out from some fans, and the players wanted to respond to that. And there was also a note in Mike's column about not coming out to salute the fans after wins. And I just wonder if you feel that there's some sort of, whatever, tension between the players and the expectations or the players and the fans. And no one no one wants to get booed at home when that happens. No one wants to boo their own team. I just wonder your feeling on, on all of that, on that ecosystem that seems to exist between player and fan right now. Yeah, that that is uh, my – as I sort out all those – what you mentioned there, uh, I think it fits very well with what I think is is a – is is an occurrence or is happening and our guys you know when 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 they do get booed it hurts them that and it hurts them because they care it doesn't if they didn't care it wouldn't hurt them um and and i don't know of any you know any, uh and any any action reaction is because of that they they you know they take a lot of pride in being a Buffalo Saber, and and they take a lot of pride in Buffalo. Uh, they have lots of friendships developed here. Um, lots of guys have signed long-term contracts here ahead of time, ahead of going to the to the market, uh, and and potentially getting more. Um, and they they've done it because they love being here, and I can tell you that for sure. And I can remember the first times that that that, that happened where you would hear it. Um, it hit the guys hard uh, for that reason, because they care, they feel, you know, and they don't want to let anybody down. So I think it affects them uh, and it has affected them. It's an unfortunate, I think it's just part of, you know, it's part of sports and, and, and I think you just need to, to learn to, to, you know, to deal with it. Things can't, you know, things can't affect your play, even though they hurt you uh, uh, to the degree you care about it. and that, that's what I would say on it. In my observation of our guys, um, they care. Don, any update on Owen Power you can give us? Any other injuries as well? And if I may, do you know uh, how Kevin Pollock is doing, the referee that um, came out of the game yesterday? Yeah, I, I got a report on him that obviously he wasn't going to return and the injury right. um, is a lower body injury and it, it doesn't look good for him for the you know for for it's not going to be a week to week it it might cost him a season based on what i heard now uh that's not official obviously because i just heard uh, he had follow-ups 
uh, you know, after an imaging to find out definitive. Um, but it didn't look good uh, for him. And Sal, your your other question, I apologize. Owen Power, sorry. One more. Oh, Owen. Uh, Owen, he can skate with his injury. Um, it's an upper body injury, so he's he's been conditioning. I would say, um, you know, we we were hopeful that you know at, toward the end of this week, um, but I don't I don't see that happening. Um, I think he's going to be a little bit longer, uh, but it should be in the range within uh, I would say, um, you know, ten days from now. Um, would would probably be what we're hoping for. I just want to say, point out how you, even with the referee getting hurt, you went to lower body injury. Yeah, I know. You didn't want to say, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a. Well, you know what's interesting? I always feel like, I always feel it's pretty disrespectful. I, I you know, I mean, the, to to even the players, like the other players on the team are going to target where you're hurt. Yeah. So, you know, these guys, we've got guys walking around on crutches. We've got guys with arms in their, you know, an arm, their arm in a sling. I mean, you know, it's easy to forget the beating these guys take and, and the soreness that they go to work the next day. And, And you know how pro sports are. If, if they know Tage Thompson has a, you know, injured hip, they're, they're going to go at that harder, harder. So, um, you know, that's why it's, it's, it's always I've always felt out of out of respect for the players. It's it's tough to to say the injury because you know the other team is going to go right after. Him. Sure, sure. Don Granado, thanks, Don, and best of luck through the week. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Don Granado's appearance on WGR here, brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth by Losi and Ganji, workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. By Town Ford, when you think of Ford, think of Town Ford. And by Roy's Plumbing, just call Roy's today. We'll take the worry away. Jeremy and Sal here, Sal's in for Joe. Let's talk about Gabe Davis's Instagram post. This is not a cryptic mm-hmm. one, I don't think. This is just an eight-minute video of highlights and stats and what a lot of Bills fans are taking to mean goodbye. It's uh, going to be tied in nicely, Sal, in terms of timing with your State of the Bills wide receiver yep. room because this is the first time they will not have Gabe Davis in that room in four years. At least it certainly looks like it's going to go that way. We'll get to that on the other side. You want to throw a phone call our way, 803-0550. We'll be happy to have you. Jeremy and Sal, Josh Schmidt producing here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Looking downfield, he's got Gabe Davis over the shoulder, caught at the 15, and he drives his way into the end zone for the touchdown. Well, Gabe Davis chatter for you. Davis posting on Instagram a highlight video and some of his stats. Feels like we're saying goodbye to Gabe today. Jeremy White, Sal Capaccio, sells in for Joe today. And Josh Schmidt's producing. Today's the day to open the franchise tag window. If the Bills wanted to keep Gabe Davis for one more run at it, if they had the room, they could franchise tag him. We, of course, do not expect that. Davis posting on his Instagram a lot of stats. And, you know, Sal, there's a, there's a point or there's a question here. There's a point to be, to be made, possibly. Maybe Davis feels underappreciated. And that wouldn't surprise me if he felt that way. He's been a good player for the Bills. And the salary cap means you often move on from good players, from players that you like. Other decisions along the way led us to this moment, this this day where Davis ultimately leaves. But one of the things I'll say to kind of kick off this conversation, if anybody wants to give us a call on this, 803-0550, I, I just want to keep saying, even though I'm I'm of the belief the Bills should move in a different direction, let him go and draft a receiver, I want to make sure I say enough times, Gabe Davis is a success story, a massive success story mm. himself and the Bills. You draft a guy four in the fourth round and he does this, that is a home run 100 times out of 100. So it's a, it's a little bit of a good job, Bills. He's so good he can't stay, and you have to go get another one. Okay, so, you know, first I want to say that, like, you know, Gabe, you're right, 100%. Like, there there's always this talk. It's got to be either it was a bust or a great pick, or you know we do that a lot with picks. Gabe Davis is a a very good draft pick for where he was drafted. He has really essentially you know outplayed his draft status. Wouldn't you say that, Jeremy? He's outplayed I, I, his draft status, right? For I would sure. even I would even I wouldn't go too far off of saying if he was a second round pick, it's not a bad pick. He's had a nice career. Right. He's not been perfect, but he's had a really nice career. And now you're deciding, you know, like okay, uh, you got to go somewhere else to get the big money. All right, I have I have talked to many people about Gabe Davis over the last year and a half, as you know, and you know where he fits in, what his status is, because he's just this. He is a unique guy because he's got these really good numbers where you look at it and go, "Oh my God, look what he's doing here!" But he's not in the, amongst the elite of the league, and he's going to be a free agent. You can't pay him that. Like it's it's a really tough spot, I think, for the team and for him. And the reason I say it for him is, I'm going to tell you right now, it's eight thirty eight on. February 20th, and Gabe Davis is scheduled to become a free agent in, what, five, six weeks? Gabe Davis still wants to be in Buffalo. I I know that with 100% of my knowledge of everything about this situation. He would love to stay in Buffalo. This is going to come down to, though, a business decision for him and how much the Bills can make it work. 
because the other part of it is the Bills absolutely would love to keep Dave Davis. There's no doubt in my mind about that. He is, you have pointed it out, you know this, he is the perfect DNA for the player that they want to have in this organization. For everything he's done, for everything he's meant, not just on the field, obviously, and some of the big plays he's made and the catches, but for what he means off the field and how hard he works. And the guy has named a team captain in only his fourth year. It's very rare under this regime for a player of his age to, in contract status, to be named a team captain. For final year of a uh, fourth-round pick of his rookie deal, like, and a captain, like, that just speaks volumes. So I'm telling you, like, I don't completely shut the door here because I think there's a want to on both sides. But the issue, of course, is the money. And he's earned every opportunity and right to go out and be a free agent. He should. And Gabe, go get what you got, man. I mean, like, I, hey, whoever it is, go get what you earned. If you want to go and get paid, you've earned that. You only have a finite time in this league to go get paid. You go do that. Yep. It is hard to justify what the Bills can pay him. And I'm just wondering, like, where that is for the Bills. Where, How high would they be willing to go? Because I don't think it's as easy to me, Jeremy. The way I read this, it is not as easy to me of Brandon Bean just going, yeah, we're not going to be able to pay him, so good luck. And, you know, hey, we're, we're really not interested in you coming back. They're going to actually, they're going to be invested in what he's making and if they can do something to counter that. You know what I mean? So yeah. my question is where that goes. i got two names for you to think about that could be potential Davis career arcs. One is, of course, Jordan Poyer. Bills fans would say, like, hey, he thought he was going to get big money, went out of the market, didn't get it, came back. I don't think that's necessarily likely for Davis, the, the Jordan, Jordan Poyer arc. But you know what might be? Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips left, got paid big money, came back. And he came back, and maybe he's in the same player. But, Sal, I'm thinking about Jordan Phillips or Shaq Lawson, for that matter. And Davis might rate more highly than them. But it's possible Davis goes somewhere for a year or two, gets paid big money. And then after that, you know, a little bit older, he's back here as a role player. Yeah. I mean, it's not It's not like – and this is this is probably a point you bring up with Bean. Why won't he – trash Davis and say we got to get better because in two years that guy might be back here you just never know there's no reason to burn a bridge and for Davis I think the 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 flaws in Davis's game were whatever if you want to say flaws or whatever they were they were apparent for a long time and I think the Bills are responsible for putting him in a spot he probably shouldn't have been in he's a perfect role player for this team and if they had drafted another guy in there to kind of help shoulder the load, then Davis wouldn't look like a guy who has come up short all the time. It's all about elevating him to a full wide receiver two status in this offense that seems to have not really worked on a level and limited their passing game. So I have I have good things to say about Davis, but I am eager to see the Bills be better at that position and maybe more diverse at that position in terms of the things you can get out of your number number one and number two receiver. I mean, we have too many conversations about digs right now. I understand that's how it works. But I'm just firmly of the belief that if they were to get a stud on the other side across from digs, this offense would be unstoppable. And I, it's one of the reasons that while you know I'm going to see people fading them this year and like all oh, the windows closing, the right receiver added to this offense, and I just I think they'll be the big they'll be a wagon. How would you stop them? They'd have they'd have weapons everywhere. And their line would be coming back. I mean, their offense is almost fully built except for the Davis replacement and maybe some depth at that receiver spot. Yeah, I, right. It, and how do you – it's not even just about Gabe. Like, this doesn't come down to necessarily even – there's, of course, it's the player himself. You always want to do that in the evaluation of the player. 
It's also the asset allocation to a number two wide receiver versus a number one wide receiver and, you know, how that gets structured, (laughs) how your team doles out its financial structure, its percentage of contracts. They're already paying big money to Stefan Diggs, of course, right? Like how much can you spend to spread that money around at the wide receiver room? Those are all things that you have to consider. And I'm sure that Brandon Bean is. And look, and I, I know like you're right what they're you want to see them kind of be aggressive and you kind of do some different things here. But if there's one thing we learned about Brandon Bean for right or wrong, like he's going to try and make it work with the guys that have been a part of this group that have been successful. And you could say that that is loyalty to a fault. There's no doubt you can make that argument. Um, and maybe that's happened sometimes, but a young player going into his fifth year, still young captain, all the things that we just talked about, I have every reason to believe that Brandon Bean will at least attempt and try to see if they can work something out. He's not going to go overboard, but if he can make it work out, he'll make it work out. And I think that the reaction of the fans, if if we find out, we find out sometime this week, sometime at the Combine next week, that suddenly there's an alert, Jeremy, that you get that says the Bills and Gabe Davis had agreed on a contract extension, and it's not, you know, $12 million a year. Let's say it's... Seven, eight million a year. They give them some really nice money up front. There's going to be, they're going to be like, there's going to be some fans that go great. Love having Gabe back. There's going to be a lot of fans that go, I can't believe you did that. Like how how do you now? That's going to prevent you from doing the next thing you need to do at wide receiver. This guy, it's a polarizing situation. Sure. So I remember. I mean, the wide receiver conversation in the draft has been here for years, and I can remember last year in the offseason when they signed Deontay Hardy and Sherfield, people saying, well, so much, I guess that answers the wide receiver question, and I thought, no way, like, they still need to add one. If it comes across, like, hey, they, they, re, they re-up with Davis on a cheap deal, which would be very hard to believe because why would he do that ahead of free agency? But, you know, like, entertaining the idea, if he's brought back on a cheap deal, then I can get with that as long as they, they have to draft one. The the biggest problem is, and, you know, it's funny, like, there's a million steps along the way to Davis ultimately leaving the Bills, if, the, in fact, that happens. Would you agree that the number one thing that makes him leave the Bills is that Dawson Knox got paid? Because to me, that's the, that was the moment he was gone, mm. is when Dawson Knox got paid. Now Knox is paid and they drafted a tight end, and you'll have plenty of people speculating about a Knox trade or what happens there, but... He's another one that the Bills love, right? Everything about the person that he is, the way that he works, how often he's on the field, whether they want to be multiple and 12 personnel and all this. But I felt like the day they signed Dawson Knox to a big extension was the day Gabe Davis was going to leave. Boy, I don't want to go as far as it's just the number one reason. It's certainly a part of it, though, because all that matters. I think I think restructuring Stefan Diggs' deal matters. Like how much you're investing in him now. This is why they can't trade Stefan Diggs essentially, right? They restructured his deal a couple of years ago, and he's making such a big number, and it'll be so tough to get out of. You have that. Then you have using a first round pick on Dalton Kincaid, right? I mean, that's another one. Um, the asset you use there. So I don't know, but yeah, I agree with you, Jeremy. It's certainly a part of it. Now, you could also structure a deal with Gabe Davis where maybe in a year you get out of Dawson Knox's deal, you save some money, you're a lower cap hit on Gabe, and then his money kind of replaces Dawson Knox. So I don't disagree that that's a part of it. I don't know and would say it's the number one thing. It is interesting you say about, hey, you go a couple of years somewhere. You know the guy I think of for that sometimes? I wonder if this team, like that feels like something like 
could happen with Harrison Phillips down the road. I yeah. was thinking about him for this. Like they didn't want to lose him. He's he's got all the de- like Harrison Phillips was the guy I never I did not th- think they'd lose because he's everything that the Bills want in a player. And then he got paid a little bit more by the Vikings and the Bills were willing to give him. The Bills went out and signed what Mario Addison, Quentin Jefferson that year. But I always thought to myself, that's the kind of guy that's going to play a few years somewhere else and he's going to come back to Buffalo for a few years. 8030550 connect with our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop online at Northtown Kia. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Scott in Puerto Rico, quickly. Hey, Scott. Morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Um, I just wanted to Good. say, I, I, I don't think we're going to keep Davis. I think his limited route tree has kind of held back the offense. And I always come back to, you remember when they lost to the Vikings last year, Patrick Peterson made a comment that said, oh, we, know what, we knew what route he was going to run. He's very limited. We kind of know what he's always going to do. And I think... Davis's limited route tree. He's only really running maybe two or three routes. I think that holds the offense back, and I think the number one priority in drafting a receiver should be getting a guy who can run, you know, four to five different routes, you know, so the secondary isn't so keyed in on them. And I'm admittedly not a college football fan. Who do you think fits that mold of a guy who has all those routes? Thanks, Scott. It's funny, like, right now there's – there, there's a lot of need for a receiver for the Bills, and there's a lot of different answers, a lot of different roads they could take, Sal. Like, who would be the best? Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze. But those guys are all going top ten, probably. The next name, and I don't know if you've been doing this, I've seen a lot of mock drafts where after a Dunze, there's a good wait, and then there's going to be a run. And this is going to be key to watching the draft. A lot of times the fourth name I see off the board is Brian Thomas Jr. of LSU. It'd be a guy that'd be a good idea for the Bills. There's there, there's so many options. Troy Franklin. Troy Franklin, more of a, spe- a speedster, does a lot of things. Troy Franklin's another good idea out of Oregon. You know, who's the right guy that does the full route tree? I'm just starting to like really dig into all these guys. I've been watching a lot of them. You know, who separates and who doesn't? The reality is they have room for two. And whether they like a big body early and a small guy late or two middle-sized guys, separators will be key. And there's going to be no shortage of options. Javon Baker is one I'm seeing a lot from UCF. He's like he's seeing his stock move up a little bit as people start to like the idea of him. Lad McConkey. I mean, they what they don't need is slot. Shakir is already looking to like lock that down, and they have Kincaid over the middle as well. They need a boundary receiver. There's going to be a lot about vertical game and stretching the field, but but I tend to be with with the caller there about you want the guy to do everything possible, and that that's that's play on the outside. That's why you know, the idea of the day is Marvin Harrison Jr. If you can vote in our Twitter poll, um, Brian Thomas Jr. is one that I think is there's a lot of this mocking of. I think Josh Norris had it yesterday. Brian Thomas Jr. to the Bills. He is uh, he's a good idea. Pretty much consensus like fourth or fifth or sixth best receiver in this draft. That'd be the name I'd be keying in on right now. Troy Franklin's another one, Brian Thomas Jr. And we'll see like how, how this class falls because, you know, so you can go in with all these ideas and then the draft starts to happen and, you know, it's happening to you. You've got to, you've got to play the draft as much as it plays you. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be uh, 
quite ironic or interesting or whatever if they replaced Gabe Davis with Javon Baker out of UCF as well in the middle rounds, right? Just got to go from one to the other. By the way, I think Baker started his career at Alabama, went to UCF, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that would be interesting. There are a lot of guys there. I just, I I wouldn't close the door completely on Gabe just knowing what he feels about Buffalo and knowing what the Bills feel about him, but this is a business and it's about finances and I don't think the Bills are going to, you know, go to the wall to break the bank for sure. And I think, you know, if Gabe gets that opportunity, he's, he should. He should jump on it. I mean, that's what you play this game for and to be in this position for. Yeah. One thing on Thomas, he is 6'4", so like the, the, the size of a Davis maybe, big, but he does more short stuff and has done more short stuff. Burst and speed in the open field are dev- devastating, and that's not something that we've said about Davis. Like, there's, there's burst. Davis was a get-to-top speed guy, and then his top speed was great. They need somebody that can that can get open a little quicker, beat man coverage maybe more frequently. Anyway, 803-0550. Thanks for the phone call. More of your calls on the other side. It's uh, it's a Tuesday, and franchise tag day in the NFL, it opens up today. They've got weeks to actually decide. And uh, we've got a rumor on a player the Bills should pursue if he doesn't get tagged. Are you ready for it? I tweeted it, Sal. Are you ready? Are you ready to get back into the running back business? Saquon Barkley. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Dan Graziano, is that who it was? The Bills should go after Saquon Barkley. Oh, Here we are. Oh, my God. We are back, baby. Jeremy White and uh, Sal Capaccio with you here on WGR. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Josh, every once in a while, lets us know whose birthday it is or dates in history with songs. Going uh, to break, Sal, he said, it's Rihanna's birthday. What Rihanna song should I play? And I said, oh, uh, we found love. Like, Let's go. And you, as a professional wedding dancer, <laughs> this is a jam. This is a, any any jam's a jam. Any song's a jam to me at a wedding. That's right. <laughs> Rihanna's birthday. What else going on today? Anything? It's February twentieth. Phil Esposito's birthday too. All right, legendary hockey player. Oh. Um, we've also got Sidney Crawford. Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. Sorry, Cindy Crawford. Uh, comedian Trevor Noah. I love Trevor Noah. He's great. Uh, Miles Teller. Trevor Noah's book is very good. Born a Crime. Great book. And then also on this day in sports history, Gordy Howe scores his 1,800th point in a 6-5 Red Wings win over the Buffalo Sabres. Mm. I'm glad you got to that because I owe you guys a stat of the day. And I've got the stat of the day, which is brought to you by Seneca Gaming in Irving, home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands one daily. Stat of the day is brought to you by Seneca Gaming in Irving. 
So you may have seen there was a crazy game between Minnesota and Vancouver with three hat tricks. Three hat tricks in the same game. That has happened before. That there have been three hat tricks in the same game. It's happened a handful of times. Only once has it happened where there were four hat tricks in the same game. The Montreal Canadiens had four hat tricks in the same game in 1920. They beat the Quebec Bulldogs 16-3 and had four hat tricks. There you go. Four hat tricks in the same game. It's only happened once. I was looking at the list of hat tricks in a game, and the Sabres have a game with two hat tricks in it. Bonus points to either of you if you can remember the last time they had two hat tricks in the same game. Was I even alive for it? You were. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's got. I don't think you have to go too too far back. It's not. I think there was a time and period in there with the like oh, like somewhere in the early two thousands or to mid two thousands. Somewhere in there you could go. Probably more recent than that. It's late two thousands. Okay. Okay. I want to guess late two thousands. Thomas Vanek and Jason Pollenville. That's your guess on who it was? The, the the two players, yeah. I have no idea when, but if I'm just guessing those are the players based on your time. It would have been hold on, let me let me Hold on. Don't give the answer yet. Okay, yeah. I've got the two names. I, I remember the game very well, and I can tell you exactly why I remember the game so well. Okay, so two hat tricks in the same say... game. Ryan O'Reilly and Jack Eichel. It was Derek Roy and Drew Stafford. Each had a hat trick in a game against the Atlanta Thrashers. The Sabres won 10-1 to and beat Atlanta. This is January 18th, 2008. And if you want to know why I remember this game so well, Sal, it's because I was heading to Toronto with friends listening to the game on the radio. The Sabres were playing the Leafs the next night in Toronto. We were going to go to Toronto to see the Sabres at the Leafs. And listening to them demolish the Thrashers, 10-1 to 1 was nice. And then we saw them lose to the Leafs in Toronto the next night. Like, oh, man, 10 goals, all right, playing great. Up in Toronto, loss, unfortunately. Good times. You know, I, I, I get, I, I'm not going to blame you for this. It's going to be my fault. But I was, th- I literally thought that I heard that Drew Stafford had been like I saw him like there was something recently about this date in history, and Drew Stafford had a hat trick. So I was thinking it could be him. But I went off that because you said late two thousands. Yeah. So that got me to more of like the twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Oh, is that me just saying no, 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 no? That you know what I mean? Like when I said mid two thousands, you said no, and then you said it was oh eight, and I think that I think that is mid two thousands. I think that's late. It's a good question here. The aughts. I should have said aughts. Because 2016 is mid 2010s, and I was trying. What I was trying to communicate. Yeah, so, was, yeah that's not. That's okay. on me. Yeah, that's I on me. You, I should have yeah. said aughts when you said early 2000s, and said like oh four or oh. Okay. Yeah. Aughts. The, too, the, the late aughts. <laughs> but that's the 0708 Sabers. You know, 0506, 0607, and this is 0708. They were not great, but they were not horrible, and they were playing the Thrashers. Remember the Thrashers? What is there to remember about the Thrashers? The they once had uniforms where the, the name went down one arm. No, it was Atlanta, Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah, like both arms. One had Atlanta, one had Thrashers, I thought. or I maybe thought, I thought it was only one arm. I distinctly remember both arms having words on them. Maybe it was Thrashers down both. Yeah. Baby Blue. I think what I remember about the Atlanta Thrashers is they look too much like the Nashville Predators. Atlanta's trying to get back in the game, too. No, you're right. It was one arm. One arm? Yeah. The left arm. 
803-0550-1. Didn't they have that same kind of color as the Predators, like in one of their uniforms one year or something? Or am I wrong? No, I'm looking at their uniforms now. They're more blue, and I, I thought they were more yellow like that. I guess I'm wrong. All right. Mustard. They had a, did they have a mustard? No. The Predators yeah, did. I yeah, the Predators did, did no. but not the Thrashers. No, the Thrashers, okay. it's like baby blue, okay. white. They had a red one yeah, with no, Thrashers I see. Okay. written across the front. That was pretty cool. Bring back the Thrashers. All right. 803-0550. Into the wide receiver idea of the day. Twitter poll we've got. And, uh, you know, Gabe Davis's. It's not a goodbye. It's just uh, a mixtape dropped on everyone's doorstep, really. He posted something on Instagram with the little heart hand emoji and his stats with the Bills as we get ready for franchise tag window opening, which is uh, today. We are not expecting Davis to be franchise tagged. Jeremy White, Sal Capaccio here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.